Are you walking a hard but beautiful journey? Are you sitting in a space that you never thought you'd be? Have you experienced infertility, a miscarriage, adoption? Or are you parenting kids with a behavioral disability? Have these struggles put unbearable strains on your relationships? Or have you struggled with your mental health? I have experienced all of this. My husband and I struggled with infertility and fought for our three beautiful children, our miracles. We went through the struggles, the pain, and the financial burden of IVF in order to have these incredible children. And that journey was so freaking hard. We felt like failures and we felt alone in our struggle. And now all three of our children have been diagnosed with ADHD, ODD, and anxiety disorders. And if possible, that has been even more challenging. Again, we have felt alone, confused, like we were bad parents, like we were being judged at every turn. It has tested our marriage. It has broke me many times to the point of two complete mental breakdowns. So if you are experiencing this, please know you are not alone. That's why I've created this safe space for you so that we can together find the education, resources, support, mentorship, inspiration, and more that we need to grow on this hard yet beautiful journey. Because at the end of it all, I wouldn't trade a second of what I went through because these children, our marriage, our family, and my mental health is worth fighting for. I'm also here to remind you that telling your story is part of the journey. Someone in your life, someone in the world needs to hear it, and I will be encouraging you along the way to tell your story. I'm Tiffany Vaughn. I'm so grateful you're here. It's time to walk your own hard, beautiful journey. Welcome back to episode four of Hard Beautiful Journey. This is Tiffany Vaughn, and I am so grateful that you have returned. Or if this is the first time you're listening in, thank you very much as well. I am going to read one of my reviews off of Apple iTunes, or Apple Podcasts, sorry. And this one is from Shelley Laboot, and it is five stars well. Guys, thank you. It says, I think it is so brave of you to share your personal journey. I look forward to the next episode. You just never know what someone is going through, and that is why the world just needs to be kind. I laughed and I cried, and I did listen until the very end. That, like I said in episode one, is my mission. If you can laugh at least one time during my podcast episodes, then I am doing something right because everyone needs to laugh at least one time each day and everyone needs to be kind. So thank you. So if you have been here from the beginning for episodes one to three, first of all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. If you've listened in, you'd probably agree that our journey has definitely been a bit of a crazy train 
And I thought that once we moved to Turner Valley to our new town and our new home and the fact that I found a new job right away, things might start to calm down just a little bit. And as usual, I was so, so very wrong. Remember when I said the Alberta economy was in the tank? Yeah, it was just not getting any better, and it still hasn't to this day. James is a general manager for an oil and gas services company in Calgary, and I'm working for a building supply company. And both of these industries really rely on the economy being somewhat strong. And so our first couple of years in Turner Valley were a time of constant uncertainty. And it still is, to be, to be real. The first two years, for sure, were very, very uncertain. Normally, I am someone who loves to decorate our home and just make it feel homey and like it's ours. But this time, it was the first time in my life that I didn't want to do any of that. Not even hang up one picture. If you look at photos from the first two years of us living in Turner Valley, our home is bare except for furniture. And that was it. I did not want the hassle of taking things down once we got our layoff notices. It just, I didn't want to deal with it. We definitely felt the strains financially uh, because both of our jobs, our wages got cut back and it was quite stressful. And what that did mean was we also had to reduce Digna's hours and wages as well. Up to this point, she was able to make some pretty good money and to help fulfill her dream of getting her family over here. And we really know how hard it was on her to have her wages cut back. But being Digna and the hard worker that she is, she still gave 100% to our family, even with these wage cuts. Let me give you a glimpse of what having Digna was like. We would get up in the morning, have our coffee, go to work, without getting any of our kids ready. Did you hear that? We didn't have to get our kids up and out of bed. Most mornings, they were actually still in bed when we left for work. And then we would come home and the kids would be fed, bathed, and in their pajamas. And our dinner would be ready. And our house would be clean and tidy. And the only thing that Digna didn't do was James and my laundry, but the rest was done. It was so absolutely amazing. A few months after moving, our beloved dog Kobe passed away. Our Haley girl had died about a year and a half earlier, quite young, and now our first baby was gone as well. And I think him passing was the true start of my depression. I couldn't stop crying when I thought about him not being in our lives anymore. And remember, he was our first baby that I felt was my baby because I didn't think I could even have my own real child. 
he was my guy. He was my guy. And it took a very long time for me to get over that loss. Avery was not digging living in Turner Valley. And every single day we heard, let's move back to Langdon. So that was hard to hear as a parent for sure. We knew she missed her best buddy Kylie so much and as a child that has moved a few times I really really know how it feels to miss your friends and everything that you know. Avery has always been a child that needed constant stimulation. Even as a baby she was always always needing me and I remember phoning my mom one day when she was probably about nine months old and I was crying to my mom because I couldn't even go to the washroom without her crying hysterically when I walked out of the room. So I asked my mom, like, how does anyone get anything done? It just did not seem possible with this baby. So I knew quite early on that something was off, but I didn't have a clue what it was. 2015, we experienced some pretty drastic behavior parenting our little girl. And for the sake of her privacy, I won't go into all the details. But if it can help other parents and kids, there will be times when we do share certain stories that we hope will help someone else. How I would describe this time is one of extreme behavior. If she asked to do something and we said no, it wasn't a little battle that would happen. They were epic. So epic that I am very certain our whole neighborhood heard it. One time my cousin was in town visiting and it was almost time to take her back to the airport. And Avery was going to come with us. But then something happened and she said something that was not okay and she lost the privilege of coming with us. And by that point, I had learned that it was so important to stick to my guns. So I said, sorry, Avery, you are not coming. And it was on. There was extreme crying, extreme screaming, physical attacks, biting, you name it. James was holding her back while we were trying to get in the car. And she did end up uh, escaping his grip and came running at the car and hitting it and was trying to get in. And the whole time I was crying. And my cousin Jolene is such an amazing person and has been one of my besties since we were kids. And she held my hand on the way to the airport and she just let me talk and talk and talk until I finally felt better about the situation. And that was just one of many instances that took place. And I really was losing my ever living mind. This happened between her and James for sure, but not nearly the amount that it happened between her and I. We just, we're like oil and water. So I made an appointment with our family doctor and her and I went together. 
because something had to change and it had to change fast. She referred Avery to a pediatrician, but it ended up taking a few months for her to get in to see him. Finally, in May 2016, Avery had her first appointment with Dr. Ross. James and I were both there with her for her first appointment. And at the beginning, he just wanted her to talk and, you know, just get an idea of who Avery was and what was going on. And then the nurses called her out to watch a movie. And that's when we got to fill him in and absolutely thousand percent I was a blubbering mess like snot face mess and when we were finally leaving and getting Avery in the waiting room oh the looks that I got I'm sure everyone was thinking holy shit what the hell happened in that room I it was not good Dr. Ross wanted to see her a couple more times over the next month or so, and he just wanted to get some more feedback from some of her teachers, and he was also quite concerned about her brain activity, so he ended up scheduling her for a brain scan at the Children's Hospital, and that did end up showing that she is susceptible to seizures, although she has not had one to this point, knock on wood. It was around this time that Dr. Ross gave us the diagnosis of ADHD, ODD, amongst other things. And I had never heard of these things before. I guess I was just so involved in the infertility world that if I did hear it, it just didn't even register at all in my brain. It took another couple appointments with Dr. Ross to get to the discussion of using medications to help her regulate. And it's not like we were against medications. The only one that I had ever heard of was Ritalin and that it made kids feel like zombies or feel emotionless. And so having that small bit of knowledge was what I knew going into the appointment that um, when Dr. Ross talked to us about the different options. And for this episode, I won't go into all of that, maybe in a future episode. But we did end up choosing one, and it was called Vivance. So that was the one we started with, and it was very, very unsuccessful. Avery stopped eating and sleeping and lost a ton of weight, and it didn't regulate her at all. It actually made it worse. But the second one that we tried is called Bifentin, and it was the one. And she is still using that one to this day, and it works really, really good with her body chemistry. And we did see improvements quite quickly with her after she started taking that one. But don't get me wrong, there aren't rainbows and butterflies, but it's definitely more manageable for sure. Beyond putting Avery on medication, that was really the extent of our research or involvement in ADHD or behavioral disability in general. And I think it was because we were just, I don't know, I think it was because we were so exhausted and didn't have the capacity to even want to learn what was going on. And now I just feel really bad that we didn't at that time look into it more. 
Then the summer and fall of 2016 happened. And oh boy, this is where you might, <laughs> you may hear an ugly cry. And I'm just letting you know that I have given you fair warning, okay? So remember when I said we had to reduce Digna's hours and wages? Well, it was also the two-year mark of her being with our family, which is the contract term with the Government of Canada, and then she was free to move to another family if she chose to, until she was able to get her own family here. She had her mail coming to our post office box, and the day her Canadian work permit arrived, I died a little bit inside. I was the one who picked up the mail that day, and I gotta tell ya, I was pretty tempted to hide that letter, and I'm, I'm not proud to admit that, but I was so incredibly sad thinking that she might actually leave us before her family got here. But of course, of course I gave her the letter and yes, I gave it to her right away and not a week later. I'm not that bad. And she was over the moon excited to get that work permit. And a week later, she sat us down and let us know that indeed she was going to be leaving us to go to another family in Opatokes. She would be able to resume making the kind of money that she did with us initially. And of course we were beyond sad, but understood that she needed to do what was best for her and her family. And she gave us one month's notice to make other arrangements. Now we had to find somewhere else for our kids to go. Holy smokes. This was so, so difficult to think about after having her in our lives for over two years. But we did end up finding a daycare in Turner Valley that would take the boys and Avery could go there before and after school. The month that Digna was still with us before leaving was very crappy. Every single day when I drove home from work, I cried all the way home. And the closer the time came for her to leave, I was getting more and more depressed. It wasn't because she made our lives so much easier, because she did. It was because she was part of our family and she was a huge part of our kids' lives and I was worried how our kids would actually be once she was gone. How would we be? The new family that she was going to was in Okotoks, about 20 minutes away from us. So that did make us feel better because at least we would still be able to see her if we wanted to, since that is where we do most of our shopping. And Digna let me know that her new family would be picking her up on her last day and they wanted to meet us. James had to work that day, but I was home. Well, I gotta tell you, watching a part of your family <clears throat> walk out to put her bags in another family's car was very devastating. God bless Digna's new employer, Amanda. She was 
so kind and was crying just as hard as I was. She knew how hard this was for me and comforted me. Digna was crying and trying to be strong as she said goodbye to the kids and then to me. And when they pulled away and she was gone, my heart quite literally broke into a million pieces. Maybe even more. I went into the house and did what comes oh crap, what comes naturally to me. I documented our time with our precious Digna with a tribute video to the Celine Dion song called Thank You with a bunch of photos over her time with us. And we watched it and bawled like babies. And of course I sent it to her and her new family and they loved it so much. I wanted her new family to know that they got a good one. Better than a good one. Someone that would take amazing care of them. Digna, if you're listening to this, please know that you are our family and always will be. We love you and your beautiful family so very much. And yes, Digna's sacrifice paid off. All those years away from her kids and husband, they are all here and living in Oak Tokes and love being in our beautiful country. And yes, we still see them and Digna watches our kids sometimes for us. All right. So, I told you there could be some ugly crying going on. After Digna left, well, shit got real. Again. Holy crap. Like I said, the boys were going to a daycare in Turner Valley, and for a while it seemed okay. Until we started getting write-ups for both boys. It was usually because they did something to each other, so we were grateful that no other kids were involved. It was just our own. And then we started getting write-ups about Ryder running away from the group when they were going on outings or even to the outdoor park area, and we were getting them at least once a week. So I asked James if he thought maybe they would be better in a day-home environment with less kids since they were used to being at home with Digna. So we did end up finding a day home that would take them both, and we gave the daycare notice. Two days into them being there, the day home provider called me at work and said that I would have to come and pick them up and that they wouldn't be able to stay there. And I said, um, like, for the rest of the week or for, like, ever? And she said, no, like, no more, not at all. And she said that they were very aggressive together. And when I went to pick them up, uh, we talked and we thought that maybe they might actually be better in different environments. And Dylan actually did quite well at the daycare with lots of kids, but Ryder did not. It was just way too much stimulation for him. And that's why he kept trying to run away. But Ryder actually did well at the day home in a quieter environment. And this was the first time since having them that it was considered 
that they may be better not together. It hurt my heart so much thinking about them being apart. But we decided that we needed to give it a try. So Dylan was able to go back to the daycare and Ryder stayed at the day home. And one of us would drop off each boy so that they didn't have to see each other go in and potentially be sad. Avery went to the day home with Ryder because it was right next door to the school. So that worked out really great. We thought that things were starting to get a bit easier for a while, and it definitely was. And then we took the kids to the circus. That will go down as one of our hardest parenting days for sure. Well, that may be an our Florida trip, but the Florida trip deserves its very own podcast episode because that is how epic it really was. So back to the circus and that it was. Everything was going really good. Um, They were enjoying the circus. They thought it was really cool until the intermission when we took them to the washroom. And who in the bleep needs to strategically place the toys right next to the washroom. I need to speak to that person because trying to explain to the kids that no, you are not going to get a toy that costs $30 each that's going to break in five minutes. It's just not happening. Well, that wasn't working for the kids. They were not accepting no for an answer and all three of them had a meltdown and in epic fashion in a very crowded place with many, many, many staring eyes. And if you don't know this about me, let me just fill you in. One thing about me is I have never, ever enjoyed having attention on me. It makes me so nervous and extremely uncomfortable. And I am working on it and I'm really getting better. But at this moment in time, nope, I was so traumatized to have all of these people staring at us as our children melted down over not getting a plastic toy. I grabbed one of the boys while James got the other one and literally dragged them kicking and screaming and biting all the way back to our vehicle. And it was a very long way to our parking spot. Like it felt like a thousand miles. And we got in the van and started driving away and James and I grabbed each other's hand and I just started bawling. And within five minutes, I turn around and all three of them are passed out cold. And James and I just looked at each other like, what are we doing? What are we doing wrong? That's the moments where we really, really started to doubt our parenting. Like, what? What did we do wrong? And just you start analyzing all of your moves and your decisions. Not long After this episode, we started getting write-ups for Dylan at the daycare. 
And then the day home also started mentioning that Ryder was causing some issues again. And at one point, Dylan mentioned that he missed his brother and wanted to be with him again. They were four now and were pretty good buddies and actually missed each other. So again, I started wondering if we should change things up and get them back together. And since James and I both work in Calgary, I thought that maybe the YMCA by our offices might be a better fit. It had a lot of activities that they could join in on, like swimming, and then they had this library that was right attached, and and the staff was just so well trained in this facility. So we applied and filled them in on the history of what we had been dealing with to that point, but they welcomed the boys in and agreed this would definitely be a better environment for them, especially back together and especially with all of the activities that they could participate in. This was September 2017. We lasted a solid month with things being great, and... It actually was pretty fantastic for that month. And then it wasn't. And again, we started getting write-ups for both boys. And in the beginning, again, it was just between the two of them. So, okay. We don't like to get write-ups, but at least if it's just between the two of them, then we can deal with the two of them. One day, I was at work, and I got an email from the YMCA daycare director. It was an email to all of the parents letting us know that the entire YMCA had to be evacuated because someone pulled the fire alarm. And yeah, I'm not going to lie. I really thought it was one of our boys. So when I went to pick them up at the end of the day, I nervously walked into the room and just waited. I waited to hear about it. And when she didn't say anything, I said, oh man, I really thought it was Ryder or Dylan. And she laughed so hard and she said, yeah, I can see why you would think that actually. And, but no, it wasn't one of them. So that was such a relief. There were many days when we would go to pick them up and quite intentionally avoid eye contact with the staff and just tried to get them in and out. If they can't find us, they can't give us a write-up. But they, they were on to us. They would actually wait at the front door and would say, can we see you in the office for a few minutes before you go and get them? Uh, okay, sure. And in January, we tried putting them in preschool at the YMCA, and that was with mixed results. Some moments were good, but many moments were not so great. It was then that I asked our family doctor for a referral to a pediatrician. At this point, I had been gathering piles and piles of paperwork that documented our journey so far, and... They ended up being sent to the pediatrician that saw them when they were just babies, um, Dr. Palmer. At first, I was hoping they could be with Avery's doctor, but realized it might actually be best that we now have two different doctors giving us information. They had to have separate appointments this time, so Ryder was up first. And 
Dr. Palmer read all the paperwork that I submitted, which included many reports from the daycares and the day home, and we had also had the rating scales completed. At the very first appointment, Ryder was diagnosed with ADHD and ODD. There was just so much information in this paperwork from all of these sources, which we are super grateful for, that we didn't have to wait to make the diagnosis. And since he had, we had experience with um, medications with Avery, we already knew which one we should try, so Ryder started on Bifentin. One week later, it was Dylan's turn, and he was also diagnosed with ADHD and ODD, and we decided to try him on Bifentin as well. We let the YMCA know right away about both of their diagnoses, and a couple days later, the child care director called me while I was at home. And she let me know that, unfortunately, they were going to have to discharge both boys from their program. And she was crying. I was crying. And she was crying because her and the staff members that worked with our boys really did love them so much. But they just didn't have the staffing levels that were required to care for our boys' needs. And they had to make the difficult decision to let them go. So if you're keeping track, all three of our kids have ADHD and ODD diagnoses. How is that even possible? And this was when I began my mission of learning everything I could about behavioral disabilities. There is so much to share that I am saving this for some future podcast episodes because there really is a lot of information that I have learned over the years. One day we came home from work and Dakota tells us that she took the kids swimming. Swimming! We almost fell over dead in shock. We hadn't even attempted that in the past year, even with the two of us. And here she was taking all three by herself to a pool. By herself. What in the actual hell? She is a unicorn, for sure. She would even take them shopping by herself. Mm, No, 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 we never attempted that solo. Not a chance in hell. Nope, you definitely need two-man defense when dealing with our kids in a shopping setting. How she did it is still a mystery to us. From March to July, things were much easier for sure. We were still dealing with behavior stuff when it was just us. But it did make our lives so much easier work-wise because we knew that we always had someone reliable looking after our kids in our own home. Our jobs were just so much easier not having that stress of wondering if we were going to get a call saying we had to come and get our kids. We knew we never had to deal with that with Dakota and we were so, so grateful The only thing that wasn't going well at that time was trying to get Dylan to take his medication. 
He did not want it. Not at all. But it was important for us to try and see if it made a difference. And we tried so many things to the point we had to start hiding it in his food and in his drinks. But then he just started refusing to eat and drink and he didn't trust us anymore. And nothing is worth having him not trust us or him not eating and drinking. So we actually ended up making the decision to stop giving him medicine entirely. And he hasn't taken any since that day. And then Dakota let us know she was moving to Australia to go to school. Her mom is from Australia, so she had family to stay with and was ready for a new life adventure. Of course, I offered her more money right away to try and entice her to stay with us. We didn't understand, and I still don't understand, why she wouldn't accept more money over moving to Australia. Like, is she crazy? Turner Valley, more money, or Australia, beaches, Great Barrier Reef, um, Australia. Like, hmm, she must have been crazy. But I was for sure tempted to hop in her luggage, and so was Avery, so... Let's be real. But the moment she gave us notice, I will be very, very honest. It was the start of my second major breakdown. And Dakota, if you are listening, please know that you weren't the cause at all. I just didn't know how to handle or manage my emotions around any of this. And very quickly, I started spiraling. I think it was the thought of what happened when Digna left and now having another important person in our lives moving on that our kids really, really loved. And the fact that we had to find childcare again and knowing how much trouble we had with our other attempts, it just really, really made me nervous and anxious. Having experience... I knew I had to get in to see someone quickly, and I found my person. It is so important when you see a psychologist that you find your person. She knew I was in really bad shape. I knew I was in really bad shape. So we both decided that it would be best if I took a short-term leave from work for a number of reasons. The boys were now just starting kindergarten, and we were starting a new childcare option for before and after school. And this was a really big transition year for the boys. And from experience, we had learned that transitions were a very difficult concept for our kids. And I wanted to be close to home during this big change in case they needed me on short notice. I also needed time, though, to heal me. At the height of my breakdown, there were moments of feeling like I just couldn't do this anymore. I would hide in my room with the door locked so I could just get away. I was super sensitive to everything and just felt like no one was there for me. Of course they were there for me. But when you're in that state of mind, you truly feel like no one cares. And I was an absolute mess and just felt lost. 
I even took a trip by myself to Wilmington, North Carolina to stay with some other moms that have children with behavioral disabilities. It was four days of walking the beach, talking and sharing, and being there for one another and healing. That is when the song Head Above Water came out by Avril Lavigne, and I felt like she wrote it just for me. During this time, I lost some valuable friendships that were very important to me. And it was due to an argument that took place during one of the darkest times of my life. A time when I felt no one understood what I was going through, even in the slightest way. I have done a lot of work to try and heal my mind, my spirit, and my heart. And one of the things I now understand is what my love language is. And my number one is words of affirmation, followed closely by acts of service. I am someone who feels more love from my family and friends when I hear from them in any way, either by text, by email, phone call, or when they offer to help. And I feel more confident in showing my love to people these same ways. It just feels the most natural. What I felt I needed most during this dark time was my family and friends reaching out to me just to ask me how I was doing, if I needed help, if I could use a break from it all, you name it. And I didn't get it from my friends. I certainly did from my family, and that is what helped me climb back out of the dark. I've had to work very hard to understand that everyone has their own way of showing love, and it may not be the way that I receive it. And I've had to accept that some people are in your life for a time, and then they are not, and that is okay. I will always have love for these friends, and I hope that they know how important they have been in my life. All right. I know, I know how much you want to hear from the man that has been such a huge part of this story. So next up, you are going to hear from James, my handsome hubby of 17 years. I'll be sitting down with him to get his side of the story and what he thinks of our hard, beautiful journey. I think I know what he'll say, but you never know. I could be completely surprised. So from this episode, here are the things that I am grateful for. Last episode, I shared my gratitude for Digna. This time, I want to give my gratitude to her family. Her husband, Larry, her beautiful kids, Daryl and Lara. We are so incredibly grateful for your sacrifice that you all endured and for sharing your mom with our family. We will never, ever forget that. Dakota, you are a unicorn. We told you many times that your parents did an amazing job of raising such an incredible young woman. You did so many things with our kids and it amazed us every time. Our kids love you and we love you. My person, my psychologist, she was very instrumental in bringing me out of the darkness. 
At one appointment, she asked me to look into this woman who makes music and videos since I had started making some videos. Well, that one comment has taken me down this amazing path of creativity. God just works in amazing ways. For the friendships I have made in Turner Valley and Black Diamond, it took a couple years for me to feel at home, but now I couldn't imagine living anywhere else. Well, all right, okay, maybe Arizona or Hawaii or the Caribbean, but I really do love Turner Valley too. So thanks to all my friends that I've made there. And I am grateful for finding peace and happiness again. This battle was longer and much harder than the first. I am determined to do whatever I have to to keep my mental health strong. And that includes reminding others the importance of getting help when they need it and knowing that it's okay to ask for help, for being kind to each other as you never know what someone is going through and for sharing your story. You may think your story is not worth sharing or that it won't matter to someone, but I am here to tell you, your story does matter and telling mine has been part of my healing process. And if it helps one person in this world, then it was worth it. Hey there. Thank you so much again for being here and listening. It means the world to me. I know how busy life is and that you could be doing so much with your time. And the fact that you chose to spend your time listening to my podcast is so amazing to me. And I'm just so grateful. So thank you. If you like the show again and the content that I'm sharing, please be sure and subscribe and leave a written review because when you do that, it definitely gets out into the world more and that would mean the world to me. You can find me in many areas in the big wide web and I will have links to all of those places in my show notes. Again, I am so grateful for you and I'm always cheering you on and just please remember to always be kind and until next time, stay well.